Hello everyone and welcome to the very first episode of The Money Line on the Hammer Betting Network. Thank you for making me a part of your day. My name is Soul Money. I won't be talking much about myself here in the beginning because as you get to know me, you'll find that I like to keep things moving along. Also, I'm sure my philosophies on betting and life will quickly become apparent as we get deeper into the episodes. For those who don't know me, just know that I've been around and I've made every single betting mistake imaginable in my career. I'm talking any stupid thing you can think of, I've probably done it in my almost 25 years now of betting. I've learned and I'm still constantly learning. My vision for this show is a place where I can not only provide my insights and thoughts on individual games, mostly in the NHL and CFL and betting in general, but also a place where we can connect in a sort of old school radio call-in show format and talk about sports, life, or anything else that you want to get into. So let's get started. Today's episode will focus on the CFL and get into a couple of questions I have received on the money line. This week's CFL slate started with the BC Lions going into Montreal and losing to the Alouettes. The result of the game was not a big surprise to the market since we saw Montreal go from a three and a half point dog right through the three before closing as a one point underdog. The total also dropped on game day with the, with the game staying under as well. My big takeaway here is attempting to value Nathan Rourke. The BC Lions offense has struggled without him and while we're seeing the market take advantage in both games with the Lions being bet into and closing under a field goal favorite, it is tough to value it is tough to value Rourke since while he has lit up the league, he is still basically a rookie. In the game he got hurt against Saskatchewan, BC closed as a 3-point road favorite. In the rematch, BC closed a 2.5 point home favorite. Now they're down to their third string QB and maybe even Vernon Adams against the high-flying Stampeders, which leads me to believe that we should probably see BC just short of a touchdown dog here. Speaking of the Stampeders, they completely decimated the Elks in a game where I actually had a pretty big position on Edmonton. And honestly, you, you know you're in trouble when the only shot you have to cover a game is hoping for your opponent to make mistakes. Uh, there's there's not much to take away here. Elks are a bad team, and they may actually never win on the on their home field again. Edmonton will travel to Saskatchewan in a game where I'm really hoping we don't see the Elks as double-digit dogs. Ideally, I would like to stay away, but I won't have a choice if the Rough Riders are laying ten. Saskatchewan, for their part, um, they're coming off back-to-back losses against the Blue Bombers. They were unlucky to lose that first meeting at home but were dominated in Winnipeg. This is another game where there's not much to take away. Winnipeg closed as a 7-point favorite, which was fair when you consider how the first game played out, with them closing as a 3-point road favorite. They are the best team in the league right now, even if they haven't looked very impressive in a lot of their wins. They are back-to-back champs, and I'll never come down hard on a championship team doing the bare minimum to get through the regular season before another playoff run. The Bombers are in Hamilton this week against another team who is a mess. We will have to wait for some clarity on Hamilton on the Hamilton QB situation, but considering the way that Dane Evans has played most of this season, I'm not even sure it matters. However, if we see Winnipeg laying double digits on the road, I might not have a choice, unfortunately, but to get involved on, on Hamilton here. 
All three games this week are mismatches on paper and in form, where the be- where the better team should be overwhelming favorites. But every team has a price, and if we see another over-adjustment, we'll have to bet on the lesser team even if we don't want to. So here's hoping for a light CFL betting week. Time permitting, I will try to close out every episode with questions or comments from you into the money line. The first question this week is, you are a professional, correct? Do you work solo and bet at your own outs? Thank you for the questions. The simple answer to do I bet professionally is yes, but it is a bit nuanced like most things in life. I am able to make a living strictly from my betting income, which is the definition of being a professional in this space in my opinion. I do not have a 9 to 5 or a boss. However, I do have many other professional interests outside of the betting space from which I also drive income from. I am motivated by money and achievement, which is why I will always strive for and have been fortunate enough to have multiple income streams. Do you work solo and bet at your own outs? I do bet at my own outs, mostly just picking off numbers. I am also creative outside of my own accounts with making bets as well. Um, I also work with partners. I make my own NHL, CFL, and WTA numbers. Those, for the most part, get bet through my partners where I can have more access and liquidity. Everything else I bet is from my partnerships from others who originate or have access to other markets. Um, Over the last few years, um, I have moved away from doing everything on my own and specializing. Um, And when I mean specializing, I mean doing my own NHL, CFL, and women's tennis while relying on partners and contacts to um, to kind of round out the rest of my of my betting portfolio. All right, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you so much for listening. I will try to have a regular schedule, especially once the NHL season starts. In the meantime, you can contact me at at so many sports on Twitter or email so many sports at gmail.com with any questions, comments, and feedback um, that you may have. Until next time, the line is always open.